Let's talk some more earnings. George Tillis in the overlooked stock block today has three companies that just reported numbers on his mind. Let's start with Rocket Mortgage. Uh, George, uh, this company has been quite an exciting trade. You've been analyzing it for some time with us as a disruptor in the space. Uh, what are we looking for in this report? What's important to them? Well, it's an interesting report. There's a few mixed things going on. I mean, I can see that the stock is higher by about a dollar last I looked in the after hours, but uh, Rocket Companies is basically a holding company. It's the it's one of the larger uh, GSE or government-sponsored entity mortgage originators finance company. Uh, it's got complementary businesses, which include real estate sales, personal lending, auto sales and auto lending, solar financing, you name it. Uh, but it was one of these Wall Street bet companies that uh, took off earlier in the year, but it uh, came back to earth uh, and, and in terms of reality. But if we take a look at what happened, in terms of uh, uh, sales and earnings, it missed on both of those fronts. Uh, it missed on earnings, which was positive, by the way. Uh, it came in at 46 cents. The estimate was 48 cents. The top line sales was a slight miss by about $70 million coming in at two uh, 2.79 versus 2.86 billion dollars. Uh, looking at the stock in the after hours, there are a couple of catalysts that I see. One, if you consider 2.79 billion in revenue, net income was about a, a billion dollars. So it is a profitable company. That's a positive note. Uh, a couple of highlights is they uh, they denoted 84 billion dollars worth of locked in originations for uh, mortgages. Uh, again, that was a record. They also had a, a, a margin of about 2.78. In other words, a, a, they call it a, a margin gain because they do originate these loans. They hold them on their on their books temporarily, then they sell them mm. to other GSEs like Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, and uh, Ginnie Mae. Mm. Uh, those uh, again came in at 2.78 percent. Now, it did of course deliver some guidance, which was a little bit more promising, which I think is offsetting some of the. Uh, missed revenue and earnings uh, numbers, but for Q3, they actually see a, uh, a gain on sale somewhere between 2.7 and 3%. So they actually see a little bit better contribution margin on, on volume going forward for the quarter, but also origination and locked-in volume is somewhere between the 83 and $90 billion range. So they're ratcheting the uh, contribution margin as well as the, the loan volume higher for Q3. I haven't seen Q, uh, fiscal year 21 estimates, if they've changed at all, that's still coming out. But uh, I think the uh, the forward look on the company is giving it some uh, some boost right now. Yeah, uh, finally rallying. Been a while since we've seen this stock move like this before. Yeah. We know that it can, but it's always come right back down. Uh, a very unique chart since its debut. Totally flat and sideways, uh, but now 10% higher. I mean, we saw Yesterday, mortgage apps were up again. Uh, they're doing, they closed loans of 82, uh, sorry, next quarter. They're going to close between 82 and $87 billion of loans. I mean, this company has gotten big pretty quick. Uh, sizable chunk of activity happening. Then again, uh, I'm getting constantly envelopes under my door trying to get me to take out loans and credit cards and all that stuff. So we know we're in a fairly frothy period for this. Question, George, is... Uh, is it a problem for them uh, or has that now been priced in because they miss on the top line here but the stock rallies anyway that seems like a pretty bullish event well yeah it, it does and, and there's some bullish notations if you just look through at least some of the highlights in the, in the call the other thing is is there is some risk now if you look at what what happens here when they say gain on sale there's a temporary point in time 
where Rocket actually takes ownership of the loan. And so that again presents balance sheet risk. And so what I did is I just went and looked at its current ratio. And this is just basically a, a fancy word for liquidity ratio or assets to liabilities. The current ratio of the company is around 0.6 and, and relatively healthy levels are at the very least one or higher, somewhere between one and a half and three. So I think that the market has been pricing in some balance sheet risk. And if you just look at what Rocket Companies is doing, they're just aggressively marketing in all different areas of, of financing from consumer to auto, to mortgage origination, title services, you name it, uh, they're moving into it. It's becoming a full-fledged hmm. uh, financial company, much like the SoFi's of the world, and that's what I'm gonna kind of compare it to. Okay. But its core business is still loan originations, and you have to think about perhaps some of the uh, the headwinds going forward. Are people gonna refinance more if rates rise? Did they get a, an artificial, you know, kind of one-time boost in 2020? These are, again, some of the questions you have to, to ask yourself as an investor in the company, not to mention it's facing some uh, some challenges from a lawsuit. Uh, but overall, I'll, I'll let the price action over the last year speak for itself. I can't say what will happen tomorrow morning, but it's certainly sure. nice for shareholders in the after hours. Okay. Seems like uh, maybe some of these uh, issues and uh, you know uh, potential hang-ups for an otherwise uh, booming business maybe have fully been priced in at this uh, uh, juncture. Evidently, as we see some of these late earnings starting to rally on these reports. George, let's talk uh, Luminar. For those that don't know this company, one of the most dramatic electric vehicle and auto tied plays over the last year. They debuted and they spacked in the fall and surged, you know, a quadrillion. No, they surged like 300%, basically. Uh, no, even more. It doesn't really matter what the percent is. It was ridiculous. And then it came all the way back down, George. So where are we at right now, do you think, as this company does raise their outlook to $30 million, still have a loss, and uh, they're engaged in LiDAR technology, which is the sensory technology these autonomous vehicles use? Yeah, so it's, it's basically auto sensors. There's radar and LiDAR. They're two different technologies. Uh, they compete with other companies like Velador, Google's Waymo and Tesla. And so it's a small company. Now, if you consider uh, looking at effectively, and I'll just go to it fast here, uh, the earnings, but look at uh, effectively what happened. They actually came in with revenues now, which actually missed the uh, estimate, $6.3 million versus 6.32. So it is a small revenue slice uh, in terms of, uh, you know, maybe bigger companies like Google and of course Tesla. And then the loss estimate was expected to be at seven cents, it came in at eight cents. And one of the things I think was that was uh, uh, what analysts were looking for and what the company was gonna guide was sales going forward. Now, the midpoint for uh, full year 21, in terms of sales was about 27 and a half. Now they moved that higher to about 30 to uh, 33 million. That's a positive component. Now their net cash burn for the uh, full year was guided last quarter at negative 140 million. So just do the math. I haven't seen the cash burn uh, effective guidance yet for the rest of the year, but the cash burn last quarter was expected to be 140 million mm -hmm. on really annualized revenue of about 27 million. So just keep that in mind. The other thing is market cap, $6 billion. Now this company does have unique technologies. It does have collaborative partners. Intel is one of them. Airbus is another one of these companies. Mm -hmm. Volvo Autos also utilizes their technology. I think what's going on with this company is they not only need more partners, they actually need larger order book. And, and I think they're developing this, but unfortunately the economics of the company in terms of scalability, gross margins, which are extremely low, 
uh, negative EBITDA margins are, are very uh, hard forces to combat against, especially in a very competitive market. And uh, overall, I'm gonna just say that the trend speaks for itself. Uh, I've tried so many times in my life to fight trends. It's great if you're in a downtrend and you catch a big bounce. It's a fantastic feeling, but uh, over the long run, it's not a good strategy. So mm. if you just look at the trend on the stock, it's down 49% on a year-to-date basis. Whereas, of course, larger competitors like Tesla are down, but not as much. But even Google, as we know, is is up considerably. Okay, so look to see if this thing can actually, I mean, look, even Tesla started, right, to make this move over the last two months. But the sort of tangential companies to the tech uh, did not go with it. So the market's getting more choosy here and leaving some of these companies behind. George, speaking of getting left behind, we got to talk the stock context logic for a second. Uh, Ticker is Wish. This is an e-commerce company and uh, a mobile uh, business just totally got blasted here in the aftermarket down 19%. They lost $70 million, 67 million versus a gain of 16 million a year ago. Sales way below expectations. How the heck does that happen? So so with... Yeah, so Context Logic, Simple Wish, is basically a, a discount e-commerce retailer. It's kind of like the Big Lots or Dollar General of Amazon. And, and we talked about this company when it became sort of a Wall Street Bets meme stock. And there was something I did say during that during that, that last uh, uh, discussion that we had, which I'll explain in a second. But essentially, the company is, uh, again, generating partnerships, logistics, channels, and even has now a payment service uh, provision component of their business, but the margins for such low volume, such uh, high volume, low margin products really is challenging. And I think that's one of the, the challenges that Wish is facing mm. as a business. And, and for a company that's growing, what we're actually seeing is not good. And, and so let's look at the numbers. Overall, it was expected to come in at a loss around 18 cents. Uh, I'm sorry, 14 cents. They missed that by four cents, so it was, it was 18 cent loss. But sales, I mean, sales were expected to come in at 722 million and uh, they came in at 656 and that's just no good. Uh, Especially if you're a growth company like this company is, it was down 6% year over year. Last quarter, it generated 772 million and last year it generated 701 million for the same quarter. So Mm. you have to just compare those sales numbers. That alone is, uh, is sufficient enough to see the stock move further to the downside. You have to show sales growth or maintain it. The company does have gross margins, which are, are rather large because their inputs are very, uh, uh, input costs are very, very low because everything is third party. They don't warehouse anything. It's all basically third party integrated network sales. Uh, but uh, once again, it's, it's facing some sales growth challenges, whether it's their logistics business, whether it's uh, against uh, you know premier competitors like Amazon or Mercado Libre in Latin America, I can't say. Uh, but overall, just seeing the sales growth like this is not good. Now, when we did talk about this quickly, uh, I know OJ, we got to run. Uh, we 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 talked about price action, and I said look for a break two consecutive closes above fifteen dollars. When it became sort of a hyped meme stock, it never broke above that fifteen dollar area, and since then it's been down. Mm. George, uh, it, it's just kind of, you know, why do we need and where do they fit in within the overall e-commerce, uh, you know, trade as a whole? It's just if they've got a particular, you know, mousetrap, which they describe as a customized, uh, personalized algorithm basically to find and replicate the experience of shopping, you know, a brick and mortar, 
okay, then if that actually works, then somebody should just buy it, right? Include it into, I think we've already got our e-commerce, uh, you know, of uh, streets already defined, don't we? I mean, we're already seeing stocks like eBay and Amazon getting hit after their earnings. Exactly. So if the market's not okay with what they're reporting, why the heck would they be okay with whatever this is? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and it's not okay because of the sales miss. That, I mean, that's first, first and foremost the issue right now, at least this quarter. Um, second thing is, is the products they offer are discount uh, unbranded products. So again, they, they cater to, of course, households with lo lower income. So that's one thing to keep in mind. That has a total addressable market in the future. I'm sure that's in the trillions of dollars. Uh, but, but overall, uh, like you said, you know, why didn't somebody buy them or, or will somebody eventually buy them? Well, actually, Amazon before Wish became public, made an offer to buy them for about $10 billion. And based on the market cap I saw earlier before today's close, it's trading around $6 billion. So it's already trading at a $4 billion discount relative to what Amazon offered the company uh, a while back before it was a publicly traded one. So there's mm. interest in the company. Mm. It just happens to be that they haven't reached the right economic scalability. And maybe their business model needs to be tweaked. And I, and I think that's what they're probably Seems like. going to you know, in their conference call, and one of the things they did say is that, you know, they're working hard to improve performance. So when you hear that in a, uh, in a, uh, in a transcript, that gives you an idea that they, they, they realize there's some, there some internal troubles. Okay. George, uh, great work uh, knowing and keeping all these facts organized in your mind. Uh, it's very impressive, as always, being able to uh, also fit them into the live news coming from the earnings. So appreciate it, George. Nice work right, here on try, OJ. Yeah, big moves in the aftermarket. That's the fun thing about doing the overlooked earnings, right? These uh, mid-cap companies can swing when they miss. I mean, $4.5 billion for Wish was the market cap coming into this, and uh, it just lost another 20% after being down already, uh, you know, 70%, right, or something close to that over the last eight months.